You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Put that in your pipe and smoke it and see what you come up with. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington and... Jason Bailey, what's happening, man? Greetings and salutations, man. Good to be back. Good to be back. We're back. It's been a while. We're here with your break from all of the High Resource 5 propaganda in the mainstream sports media to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. It's been probably almost two months since we picked up the mics, but here we are. Well, you know, we gotta, you gotta get back after it at some point. And um, honestly, you know, summertime, summertime's a downtime. Um, you throw in a two-year-old that I gotta chase around all the time, and uh, and squeezing in a podcast isn't the easiest thing to do. But you remember last summer, all we did really was kind of talk about our favorite games. Yeah. <laughs> so we've already done that. Um, and yeah, but hey, it's uh, heck. I saw something earlier today where it's like five months. From right now till Christmas, Ugh. which is like the which is like the end of football season. That's only five months away. So, you know, football is right around the corner, man. And um, even though it's really hot outside, the last few days have been kind of breezy, and I'm almost getting that smell in the air. So, I'm fired up. I'm I'm ready to see these guys get after it. So we got a lot of Southern Miss stuff to talk about. Uh, real quick before we get started, big comedy show coming up next Wednesday. That's August the first. This is our third annual Laughs for Life, the big cancer benefit show at the Sanger Theater in Hattiesburg. This year, our headliner, you may have seen her on Netflix, you may have seen her on her show on Amazon called One Mississippi, Tig Notaro is going to be back in the Hub City. Also, special guest Nate Bargatze. There's still a few tickets left. But they are going fast. I have a feeling this is going to be another sellout. So if you're interested, go to lastforlife.com. Uh, go ahead and get those tickets and, and come have a great time with us next Wednesday night. Got another comedy show to talk about, but we'll talk about that at the end of the show. We got to get to all this Southern Miss stuff we need to talk about. All right. So there's a lot that's happened since the last time we were talking on this show and probably the biggest I want to say the biggest buzz was the brand new Adidas apparel deal and the jerseys that go along with that. So a couple couple of weeks ago, we had a jersey reveal and twofold with this. First off, it was a great time. Awesome seeing everybody. It was cool to get to see some of the new apparel that's going to be coming out. Um, it's just good to be around Golden Eagle people and, and good to be back in the rock. They had some, they had some good little snacks there, met some, met some people, ran into some old friends. So that's always a good time. Now the Jersey reveal, they brought out jerseys for track and field. They brought out jerseys for, uh, soccer, um, volleyball, and they brought out football. Now with the football jerseys, Apparently, the white and black jersey were not ready in time. I think there were some things that had to be sent back and forth. That's kind of my understanding. Um, so the only football thing we have that is official would be the gold jersey and the gloves. The pants, I believe, were practice pants. The 
black jersey and white jersey were practice jerseys. I looked around on the internet and Adidas kind of has a habit of making this happen. Um, when South Alabama revealed theirs, they had the, their white practice jerseys. And I made a comment on Twitter. I was like, this looks like it came from the Nebraska collection. And come to find out it was just a practice jersey. So, um, and as a matter of fact, new season of Last Chance You out right now on Netflix. Episode one, they are scrambling to get their new Adidas jerseys. They didn't have them. It's like the day before the game, they don't have their jerseys. So they were freaking out. So I don't know what, I don't know if that's something Adidas does, but, um, oh, and another side note about that new season, you can, they don't show him or anything. You can see him. I could tell his number 20, um, our new safety, Kyle Hemby played at Iowa Western last year. You could see him making some plays on the show. But other than that, I don't really think there was much of interest to, you know, Golden Eagles as of right now. So back to the Adidas. I think some of the stuff looks sharp. Um, I think the practice jerseys look really sharp. I'm curious to see what the actual football jerseys are going to look like. What about you? I, I, uh, well, kind of like you, you started it off saying you, it was just nice to be around everybody. Um, you know, standing room crowd only, um, up there in the, uh, touchdown terrace. And, um, I, I liked them all anyway. You know, I don't care if they're practice stuff or not. Uh, I, I, I don't know if I liked them, uh, as much as I, I just, like that we were back at the rock doing something. Um, but, uh, I thought the whole thing was well put together. Um, I, I, I like seeing all the other uniforms too, soccer and all that, but, um, and you didn't mention the gloves. I guess the gloves are ready because, you know, uh, there was gloves on um, Tez had the Eagle head on it. You know, when, when they flash their, uh, flash their hands up in the air, like they do and kind of put them together, uh, made an Eagle head. And then, um, and then there was another guy with the nasty bunch, you know, when he put his hands together. Yeah, New um, um Nucci Harris. Yeah. He had yeah, the so black like nasty bunch gloves. But I mean, I I'm 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 more fired up about um like the totality of the Adidas thing than right. I am just watching some reveal. Honestly, I I'm I'm glad we got that patch on there. Uh if those were practiced, then heck, man, they're going to be some of the best practice jerseys, you know, ever. Yeah. Um, and I'm happy that it's that it's uh, that it's universal for the university now. Um, whereas before, what baseball was Under Armour, and then there was Nike somewhere, and then Russell with football, and so that's got to mess with the color schemes and stuff like that. So now that it, it's all under one roof, or, um, it's uh, all under one umbrella of Adidas. It's gotta be, it's gotta be great. And, and then on top of that, you know, Gilbert mentioned that there are also financial incentives for every team that makes the, uh, the postseason from right. Adidas. So tons of good things and, you know, tons of outcry on the internet about, about the pictures of these jerseys. But I mean, what kind of earth shattering news were people expecting? I mean, well, just, I think, I think to be fair, I think we came into this thinking it was going to be a jersey reveal and you were going to see what it was going to look like. And I, I don't, and, and when they rolled it out, there was not really any clarification of this is, a, this is our practice jersey, you know? Um, and so it was kind of confusing. So they're sitting there thinking, well, this is kind of, and you look at the pants that were up above the knee. Those are practice pants. You know, the new rule states you can't have them up above the knee. So you're going, so come to find out. 
Um, I don't have clarification on what the jerseys are going to look like, but the pants, um, the black pants are going to have one gold stripe on each side. The white and the gold pants are going to have one black stripe on each side. So I don't know if that's going to be similar to the gold pants we had last year, but I would imagine that it probably could be. Um, so we're going to have another reveal, and I don't think it was anything that could be helped. I think there were some things that didn't come in entirely like they were supposed to, so they kind of had to be amended. And, I mean, we at the time we were, what, a little less than two months away from kickoff, so there's still time to get all that together and, you know, well, I'm sure we'll see them on September 1st at the Rock. But, um, like you said, John Gilbert mentioned that it was the best deal financially going with Adidas. The teams that uh, make the postseason will get an apparel bonus from Adidas. And Adidas is going to put six figures into marketing from, um, for the span of the deal. So it looks like there's going to be some good things that are going to come out of this. I, I really personally think that the Russell brand hurt us a little bit, although the last incarnation of jerseys that we had looked really sharp. The first ones we got from Russell needed some work, but the but the ones that we wore, the Batman jerseys, the white jerseys, I like the gold jerseys, and then the throwbacks. I thought they were all great. So they really did a good job, but you know, one of the things that, that probably hurt us a little bit was the brand recognition and... Being with a school like Adidas, I think it's going to help out a lot. And I think it's going to help out a lot with basketball, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. I mean, for better or worse, um, product wise, um, the brand is, is, is just, it's, it's night and day from Adidas to Russell. So I never had any problem with the Russell stuff, but you know, if it's affecting recruiting, if it's affecting anything like that, um, you know, like I said, for better or worse, uh, it's just better to go with the, uh, kind of the worldwide brand and and that's what us uh, West the direction that Gilbert's got us going. Now some of you may have noticed looking at the podcast or looking at our social media, we also have a new look. We got our new logo. It's got Jason's name on it. What about that? I know, right? I, I, it only took me two years to negotiate that into my contract. <laughs> but you guys will probably hear some advertising on on the episodes now. And it, it will not be in that intrusive, but uh, something a little extra. We're just going to see how it goes. We're kind of playing something out. Like I said, we've, we've never made a dime on the show, and I don't really don't care if we do or don't. But, um, you know, you'll have a, a, an ad at the beginning of the show and an ad at the end of the show. And you may have some, some ads and, and plugs coming in throughout the show. So if that's something you're interested in, hit us up, and we'll see if we can make something happen. We've already got some some events kind of pending coming up, so... Some fun things on the horizon for To The Top Talk. All right. Also, in addition to the uniform reveal, we had the Jackson All-Star Party. I went to that, went with my brother Dusty. We had a great time, saw a lot of people, a lot of Golden Eagle fans. Um, but I'm kind of condensing these notes here from John Gilbert, who, by the way, scheduled to be on To The Top Talk very soon. So be on the lookout for that. Um, so some of the things that John Gilbert mentioned, we are in the process of making some major renovations to the game day atmosphere at the rock. First off, um, and I think they're going to start on this tomorrow as of this recording, they are replacing the sound system at the rock. That's something we talked about a lot last season on this show. 
<laughs> right. And well, you know, the the uh, the interview that you had with him last year, I think that was on an interview, or maybe we were just talking to him. But um, you know, he mentioned he got the job. He kind of went around campus looking at what kind of upgrades he might need to make, and um, and they they blasted the speakers off at the stadium with with nobody in there but them. Uh, sounds pretty good, you know, when you're the only person in there. You put twenty or thirty thousand people in there, and not so much. So, good thing is he realized it and and got on the ball. And I can't believe it. I don't know where in the world he found the funding to do it. Um, but I can't wait. No, absolutely. And another thing that he said is he said with the new Adidas jerseys, you will be able to see the numbers. So you will be able to see and hear this year. I know those are two common complaints uh, for some of the elder Golden Eagles. The past few years. All right. So some of the other enhancements. The rock has been go undergoing pressure washing treatments from one of the top pressure washing companies in the company in the country. Um, so it looks like a, a brand new rock. They, they're, they're pressure washing the inside of the stadium, not necessarily the outside. I don't think I don't know if there's time to get that done right now. And you probably would have to have folks hanging from the top to make that work. But uh, the inside of the stadium is, is being pressure washed. It looks great. They're also going to paint some of the areas that need to be, I guess, touched up and repainted. And also we're going to have new graphics. We're going to have a new new wraps around the bottom of the field and around the middle of the stadium. So uh, should be a nicer look. Should be um, – and, and another thing about the sound – I don't know that that sound system had been touched since 2005. I mean, the speakers were not positioned to accommodate the end zone. I know that it had had some severe weather damage, and I think that was a big part of the problem last year. So it's going to be a totally different atmosphere in the Rock this year as opposed to last season. Now, is the uh, the new sound system, is, does it go along with the Jumbotron, or is this strictly the sound part of it? Like, are we going to have some sort of enhanced uh, video stuff going on, or do you know it's just going to be just everybody can hear stuff better? I think there's going to be some things they're going to be able to do with this new sound system they can't do before. So I don't know. I mean, the videos, for the most part, other than, you know, I would imagine there's going to be some changes um, to the videos because because this new staff came in last year there wasn't time to really redo anything and uh they pretty much inherited a lot of the videos we do so i would imagine that some of those are going to be replaced but but gilbert did say specifically that he was going to um that, that there were going to be some enhancements made with the video board and the and the graphics so good should be good in that hey thing. game day atmosphere did you see my uh did you see my tweet the other day I tw- I, we, we were walking around campus um friday or saturday maybe and i noticed that they had the entire east side pressure washed um i tweeted it out and, I, and all kind of people were liking it taking uh i know uh, molly uh mentioned that it took she, she thought it took 20 years off of it so it looks great um i wish i would have taken a picture of the other side too <laughs> Um, or I wish I would have taken a picture, like say when half of it was done and the other half was still that dark black monkey mossy stuff. Yeah. But, um, it's literally night and day and, um, it looks sharp. Um, it's all these little bitty things. I know you're going to talk about all of them, but all these little things that you and I really have just kind of been 
you know, bitching about for like the last however long we've been doing this show that we always thought, hey, this isn't even going to take a lot of money. Why can't we do it? Um, here we are. <laughs> you know, it's finally happening. <laughs> We're well, painting Reed green. We're pressure washing the rock. It's uh, it's awesome. And I know to some of the fans, the jury's still out on on Gilbert and his staff. But I mean, you got to admit, these are things that have needed to be done for a while, and it's it's good to finally see them uh, be taken care of. So, kudos to Gilbert and staff on that. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out once we take the field on September first. Hopefully, it'll be a a I don't know what to say. Just to energize, just a just a jolt into the fan base and into the atmosphere at the Rock. A lot of Sutter Miss fans need a push to get inside that stadium. Uh, sometimes that push comes in the form of winning a bunch of games in a row. Um, sometimes that push comes in the form of pressure washing the rock, you know, getting the new sound system, getting somebody excited about getting in there for uh, another, you know, for another reason other than watching the game. Um, there's like 25 or 30,000 of us that probably will go no matter what. It doesn't matter what the game is. If it's a tropical storm, it doesn't matter. Um, those other people that kind of make the rock full, they need a push. And I think this, this is probably it. So I'm ready. Some other notes of interest per John Gilbert from his talks at these events. We painted ring green. We have updated video boards and graphics. So should be a different atmosphere in the greenhouse this season as well. I know we've talked about the video boards for years. And they made some progress with that, but apparently we have new video boards now. So I'm looking forward to seeing what that looks like. But still, that's still a great improvement that over the Lightbrite scoreboard. I wonder if I could like bid on that Lightbrite scoreboard and have it. Oh my house. goodness! Yeah. Well, they, you know they've had it turned off. Was that Bill that turned it off? I think it was Bill that turned it off when he first got the job. Maybe. Or maybe it was Gilbert. But um, <laughs> that thing with the flapping eagle and the yeah. It had a it had a did I do that reference on there from Urkel? I mean, how old is that? Right. It, 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 it it actually made it so long. It was so old that um, <laughs> it was kind of uh, it was kind of hilarious. You know, it's one of those deals where at the time when um, Family Matters was popular, it was probably really funny, and then like four years later, it was really old. But then it made it like thirty years, <laughs> right. and it was funny again. Uh, some other notes of interest. Southern Miss will roll out beach volleyball in 2019. So they did some renovations to um, the vo- the volleyball courts outside of the pain center, the beach volleyball courts. So we're going to kick off beach volleyball. It'll be fun to see how that plays out. And we just broke ground on the new volleyball facility, and they will be moving into that facility a year from now. If you drive by on 4th Street, you can see where the area is lined off and where they've kind of started making things happen there for this new volleyball facility, something that's been needed for a long time. I mean, I know uh, you poor gals, even when we were in college, were trying to find a way to practice at the Payne Center or trying to share practice space with the women's basketball team, the men's basketball team. So hopefully this will be something that will increase, uh, you know, what we're able to bring in as far as recruiting goes and make it a little easier on both volleyball and basketball and probably, and probably badminton at the pain center. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the basketball team, uh, I didn't know this until Eustachie was, was there. Um, but sometimes the basketball team, if you weren't scheduled to practice, uh, you had to go find somewhere else. So he would go to Jones. I think they went to Hattiesburg high a few times. 
that's that's unacceptable, you know, for a D1 program, especially your men's basketball team. And um, so, so yeah, this is awesome. And on top of that, uh, I believe Gilbert also mentioned that um, it was it was for more than just volleyball. It was a uh, it, 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 I think they're gonna have like some maybe some ceremonies there, some get-togethers. Uh, and whatnot, you can, I think it's going to fit around a thousand people. Um, so I don't know if that means you could have like some concerts there and stuff, but, uh, it's going to be more than just volleyball, which is good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also at the event, you know, John Cox hosted and I'm, I'm not so sure that he didn't have something in the tea he was drinking on stage up in Jackson. Yeah, Coxie. Um, Coach Hobson got up and spoke, you know, talked about some different things. I guess we'll talk about football in a minute and kind of go through some of what he said and, and, you know, what he thinks about the team. But, you know, the guys were there. They were signing autographs. They were, they had, they had, it was a really good setup this year. You could kind of walk through, um, get your posters. They had yard signs there for season ticket holders. Um, go through and get your poster signed. All the guys that were there, probably about two dozen. Had their new gold jerseys on. Um, they are tight. They are very tight. <laughs> they are. I'm. T- I'm talking both. They're tight and they are tight. But it's like it's like um, Nate Bargatze, who's performing in Hattiesburg next week. It's like he said. He's like when you wear an Under Armour shirt, it basically just highlights the areas you need to work on. Like when you go to. When you go to like a plastic surgeon, they just draw on you. He's like, just put on an Under Armour shirt and it'll show you where your problem areas are. And yeah, I mean, if if one of us tried to throw on one of those jerseys, uh, yeah, it would look ridiculous. You'd be like, that guy drinks a lot of beer. That guy drinks That's a lot sure. of beer, or he's pregnant. <laughs> like he one looks kind other. of skinny until he puts that shirt on, then he's <laughs> he's definitely out of shape. Right, right. <laughs> um, another thing with Adidas, I don't know that they have too much apparel that's been released yet. Uh, there's some things at Campus Bookmark just across the street on Hardy. I talked to the woman last week. She said she's still waiting on more apparel, so hopefully she'll get that soon. You know, usually with the Nike polos, we'd get them late July, early August. So I imagine that's going to be the same with Adidas, at least for this first go around. So hopefully we'll have some new apparel ready to go uh, within the next, definitely within the next month and a half because we don't have much time. Um. Let's see some of the other things that are going on right now. Oh, this is kind of a side note, but um, I was on LinkedIn the other day, and one of my friends either shared or commented or liked a news article that was about Academy Sports being named the official retail apparel place for the Southeastern Conference. And I commented that... This is, this, you know, this lets me know this is some, you know, one story I'm not going to go back, walk back into. I was kind of being a jerk. I was, I thought it was just my friend's post. I didn't know it was like for everybody to see. So, you know, I said I wasn't going to shop at Academy anymore, just kind of being snarky. And then on LinkedIn, it shows you who views your po- profile. And I had all these views from people at like the Academy Sports corporate office. <laughs> and I had some views from Dick's. So I don't know if Dix is like, who is this guy? You know, we need to, or if they're just like, oh, we wish we would have got that deal. I get it. I know about everything, but just personal preference. Um, I try not to support places that support 
that gong show. So I'm with you, man. I think you might have you might be on the do not hire list uh, at Academy from now on, but well, you might have some promise at Dicks. So there you go. Yeah, wouldn't be the first time. All right, hey yo. <laughs> Put that one in your act for uh, for the for the TIG show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, some bad news. Um, since our last episode, the I mean, probably a legendary beat writer, Jason Munns, resigned from the Hattiesburg American to take a position with the commercial appeal in Memphis. No word yet on his replacement, but a very sad day for Golden Eagle fans nationwide and definitely avoid this going to have to be filled. And we're going to do our best to contribute to that. We're not going to be day to day recording episodes, but people are hungry for Southern misinformation right now because Jason's just not around. Yeah. I'm still not over it, man. It, when the writing was on the wall. I mean, once his, once his wife took that job, um, you kind of had a feeling he'd probably make it through baseball season and then, and then, and then bolt. Um, yeah, man, kind of irreplaceable. You know, uh, this next guy, uh, whoever or girl or whoever it ends up being, um, they have some serious shoes to fill. And, you know, he, he, and Jason was just so, number one, he, he was, he was on the, uh, he had his finger on the pulse of Golden Eagle Nation. But it wasn't all just fluff, you know, um, he had, he had, he had some opinions about stuff too. And he was, and he just presented the facts. So I consider him a good friend. Um, and I, you know, I hope he just takes the world over up there or leaves and comes back. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, whoever this next guy is, just God bless him. Um, they need to, uh, they're going to have to come in with, with, with the guns a blazing. And, and, um, it's going to take a while to build those relationships that, that mines have built. Um, and some people like me, honestly, are probably going to be a little skeptical from, from the word go. <laughs> He's going to have to prove himself to me, but I hope that we get a good one. And, uh, and I hope we get them pretty quick so we can start reading stuff about the football season that's, you know, coming up in a couple months. That'd be great. A little bit of baseball news. You know, several Golden Eagles have had some success in Cape Cod and in the minors so far this summer. So several Golden Eagles really making waves. Uh, Matt Warner on fire right now. They had an article about him in Baseball America. So um, good things happening for some Golden Eagle alums and some Golden Eagles that are going to be back next year. Yeah. Um, how in the world did Warner not make that USA team? Do you, you know, know any, any more information that I know? I'd, I'm just assuming, but he, it seemed like he was a little cold, um, at the plate. But I mean, as soon as he got to Cape Cod, he just, you know, he was on fire. So I don't really know the circumstances, but, you know, there's several projections that have him, you know, a top 10, a first round pick next year in the Major League Baseball draft. So it doesn't sound like it hurt him that much. No. It's, it's, it's just, it's just, um, you know, I, I think we're both there, but I'm, I'm a little just too close to the situation to, uh, to not get just bent by it. But, uh, you got a guy who's, uh, these guys that are going to go that high in the draft are, are five tool guys. And, and he's one of them. And you and I talked about it since the first day we, we saw him. Um, 
heck, you talked about it when we first signed him. And then I first laid eyes on him. And as a true freshman, he looked like a major leaguer out there. Absolute cannon for an arm. He can run. He might not look like he's gaining a lot of ground, but those legs are long, man. And he uh, he really covers some ground out there. Um, he can hit it a country mile. You know, not to mention that he throws like 96, 97 off the bump. So, I don't know. If that doesn't get you on the USA team, whatever. But, uh, yeah, he'll be a super high draft pick. And we are going to hate to see him go um, after next year. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just glad that we, that we got him and, and then I was kind of able to, you know, be a part of it. So, um, some other baseball news. Brian Dozier has, has kind of started lighting it up for the Minnesota Twins. And there's been some chatter about some trade pos- possibilities. Uh, July 31st is the non-waiver trade deadline. So I think a lot of people are expecting something to happen by then. The Dodgers were a team that, had some interest, but they, uh, after they traded for Machado, that's kind of off the table. So th- the main team that I've seen chatter on has been the Brewers. Um, I've also seen some chatter on the Red Sox and I would think that Arizona to kind of keep up with the Dodgers would be a, a possible des- destination as well. Um, so it's very possible that he could be heading somewhere if, you know, probably one of those three teams, if I had to guess. So it'll be nice to see him in the playoffs. The way he pulls the baseball, that would look really nice at Fenway. You know, I mean, I mean, with with the short porch, and I I know you have the the wall on left, but um, that's a short porch. I want to say it's like two ninety seven down a line. (laughs) That's nothing, you know. I think I could still do that. Um, mm, not to mention it's an iconic franchise. And I like I don't follow baseball anymore. Um I know the Dodgers are really good. Are are the Red Sox in it? Oh yeah. Okay. Red Sox are still good. So I would venture to say the Red Sox are probably one of the favorites right now. If I had to just Yeah, the the Red Sox are seventy one and thirty one on the year right now. Holy smokes. So I mean if he goes to Boston Man, so he's talking about going from what what's the what's the twins record? Twins record right now is 46 and 53. So they're about eight games out from the Indians for the AL Central. So there's not going to be any way for them really to get the wild card because the Yankees right now, six games behind the Red Sox in that division, they're 63 and 35. So it looks like it's kind of shaken out. So it's kind of the time of the year where it's always the same thing. Like, where's Dozier going to go? Where's Dozier going to go? And he always kind of seems to end up staying. Yeah. But man, how cool would it be to play at Fenway? I know, I know the Dodger Stadium is, is great too, but it's not Fenway. There, there's Fenway, there's Wrigley, and I guess maybe the old Yankee, not the new Yankee, but other than that, I mean, those are kind of the two. And man, considering they're, what, what's that, 30 games over, 40? 30, what'd you say? 71 and 31? Yeah. 40 games over 500? <laughs> um, yeah. Let's, let's throw some gree gree that way, man, and try to get him in the, uh, Red Sox uniform. Well, I'm not a Red Sox fan or anything, but I'd love to see him get a title, you know? Yeah. So 
That'd be great. All right, some other things happening. Just some some tidbits before we, you know, I'm sure we're going to talk for a bit about football. Eagle Palooza, which has been on campus at Southern Miss the past few years, moving back downtown, Hattiesburg. going to be September the 15th, I think right there on uh, Front Street. So I think they're going to bring it back downtown. Downtown's going to try to get involved. I don't think we have a home game that weekend. No, we're at Appalachian State. So I don't know if I'm going to make it. I'll probably watch Appalachian State on TV. <laughs> but they are having Eagle Palooza back downtown. So it's cool to see the city getting back involved in that. Other notes. Keon Howard announced via Twitter that he is transferring. No word yet to where he's going. I've heard a couple of schools mentioned as possibilities, um, namely in the AAC. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Certainly wish him the best of luck. But um, we we got a four-man race right now at quarterback, and I don't think the competition is going to be any less heated. Yeah, well, you know, you're right. And, uh, and, and Memphis recruited him really hard out of high school, if I'm not mistaken. Um so maybe he ends up back in Memphis. Maybe Munns can maybe Munns can tell us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I don't know that he fits what they do anymore. I had heard that as a possibility, but I don't I don't know that he fits what they do. There's some other schools that might be a better fit. So we certainly wish him the best. Yeah, I mean quarterbacks just that spot where it's it's there's only one of them. You know, it's not like wide out where you can put one out to the left and put one out to the right and throw a guy in the slot. Uh, there's just one of them. So, um, who was the guy that was behind Nick? That was a tight race, and then Nick won it. Oh, man. Yeah, from Texas. Yeah. From TCU. TCU. Yeah, yeah, the kid from TCU. Anyway, um, he was a good player. Um, there's just, you know, it just kind of is what it is, and, and yeah, we all wish Keon the, um, the best of luck for sure. Um, Made a lot of good plays here, you know, showed tremendous upside and then, you know, kind of, you know, just fumbled a lot. <laughs> had He had, and he probably had the best spring game out of any Goodness of the gracious, he looked like a world beater in the spring game. Um, but we've got, if you want, if we have, I know we have talent at running back as well. We'll probably talk about that, but uh, we have some serious talent at quarterback, serious depth there. And, um, yeah. I, I can totally see why he would want to make a move because it's probably it, it, it would it would a lot of dominoes would have to fall his way for him to be the starter. And I know he wants to be the starter along with some of these other guys. So if, if some of these other guys don't get, you know, a lot of playing time this year, who knows? They might jump ship, too. So that's just the nature of the beast. There's plenty of spots out there if you want to play bad enough. And and we'll you know just wish Keon the best of luck and I hope he doesn't come back to the rock and uh, make us uh, regret it. <laughs> no, right, absolutely. Wait a second. Here's a tweet. This is from John Morosi of the MLB Network. Source: Yankees Orioles in agreement on Zach Britton trade confirming John Heyman report. Triple A right-handed pitcher Cody Carroll. A reliever with a uh, 1.08 whip is part of the return going to Baltimore. So Cody Carroll leaving the Yankees organization, heading to the Baltimore Orioles. Ah, and that one that was from AAA. 
Uh, he, he's kind of been up and down with the Yankees maybe a few times. Yeah. Well, that's one of those, that's one of those organizations that's kind of good to get away from. Um, oh, yeah. You know, a good friend of mine got drafted by the Yankees and, uh, you know, he ended up having about a 10, 12 year major league career. Um, he's actually back the hitting coach with the Yankees now, but I know when he, when he finally had his breakout moment and got up to, uh, got up to the big club, they traded for, uh, Raul Mondesi. So he was back down. You know, it's, it's, it's the team that always goes out and gets, gets a big name player because they have all the money. So it's kind of hard to break through with the Yankees. So considering they wanted him and he's already been up and down and maybe that, maybe there's a spot kind of waiting for him on the, uh, on the big league team. One last shout out before we talk football. Um, there was a girl who used to cheer with me at Southern Miss named Bridget Robinson. Her daughter, Macy Mack, was on the judges' cuts of America's Got Talent tonight as a uh, musician. She 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 did a great job. I mean, she's got a great voice. She's still young. I think she's in her early teens. But um, and I don't know if she made the cuts yet or not. Obviously, we were I saw her on before we started recording, and I uh, thought she did a pretty good job. So hopefully, she's moving on. But if not. A great opportunity and a great voice. I'm sure you'll hear things out of her in the future. That's Macy Mack. All right, so let's talk football. Um, I'm going to scatter in some notes from some of what Jay Hobson said at the event last week with kind of just opinion, so just kind of take this for what it is. But um, Jay Hobson, I noticed when he was at Media Days, like the first thing he said they were talking about last season, and he said we were a quarter short. And and what that means, you think back to that last quarter of that North Texas game, that's pretty much what kept us out of playing in the championship game. So he said, we got to work and find that quarter. Um, when you look at it, that one quarter changed the entire direction of the season. So hopefully we can keep from having those this year. You're going to have to remind me about that North Texas game. What, 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 what went down in that quarter? Uh, we, we were up. We were up to start the game like 14 to nothing. And they came back there at the end and I think, um, Quadre banged up his hand and they came back late and won. Yeah. And it was just, it was a heartbreaker, but, um, they were certainly game and they were, they were going out there to take the game. We just, we just didn't have enough to run with them. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, we just, Kind of a quarter short, you know, a little bit all over the place last year. But, um, you know, and here, here's my biggest question mark for this year. Um, just replacing all these guys from last year. We lost a lot. Um, we lost, uh, I was making some notes earlier. I think, I think like 90% of our touchdown receptions are gone. Uh, so just replacing those guys. You, know, you mentioned just coming up short with a quarter, but um, we got to find a lot of replacement for 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 the guys that we lost last year. And and one thing you have to remember, and and Glenn Dyer of GoldenEaglePride.com had a great article on where we actually sit with scholarship players. Mm, and right, I think we have an 85 man roster. I think we're sitting at like what 72 ish, if I'm not mistaken. So we that's still, like triple probation. Yeah, and, we, and we've we've been playing there for the past few years. Munkins last year was the closest we got, and he had to take some transfers and some, you know, just to just to make that roster solid. And I'm glad he did, but 
you know, we pretty much had to create a junior class last year to kind of fill in for that. Next year, we should be a little further along as far as depth across the board, but, you know, an injury or two really could derail this season at, at most of the positions. We have some good depth at a lot of positions, but, um, you just kind of have to temper the expectations as far as, you know, I think every year we take the field, we expect to win a championship, but it's not entirely fair to say, oh, well, you know, when we don't have a full roster like that, I, I can't, you know, I'm hoping for a bowl game. I'm hoping for more. I'm hoping for a conference championship. But at this point, it's kind of like the the seat, the floor should be a bowl game, and anything other than that's gravy. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I think six is a given. I think six is a given. I think I tweeted this out the other day because I've, I've look, I've, I've seen a lot of people talking about the season. They're expecting eleven and one. Come on now. How many times has Southern Miss won eleven games in the history of Southern Miss? Not, like not a lot, right? Well, you think it's not like that to... it can't happen, but just yeah, I mean, and I can make a forty foot putt on the on the golf course, but making every forty foot putt probably a little bit you know unrealistic. Well, the last time we had the closest thing we've had to a full roster was probably that twenty eleven team, and you see how what they went twelve and two. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, sure we could, you know, a few breaks here and there, we we could make a run, but yeah. Um, eleven one is 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 a bit unrealistic, and, and you're kind of setting yourself up for for disappointment. Yes, yes, six six is the absolute floor, in my opinion. Seven to eight is probably honestly where we're going to end up. Uh, nine is not out of the realm of possibility, and anything double digit plus, just a whole lot of things got to go right, and a whole lot of injuries got to not happen. Um, in my I'm, opinion, sure. I'm pulling up the FPI, which is um on ESPN, they kind of grade out how they think the games are going to go. And looking at this list, it looks like they have us going six and six. And this is never right at the end of the year. Cause there's a lot of things they don't know about us. And, you know, obviously all the other teams, but as far as the projections right now, they have us going six and six, um, with victories over Jackson state, Louisiana, Monroe, rice, uh, UTSA, Charlotte, and UTEP. Um, I don't see us losing to, as far as conference play, I don't see us losing to North Texas, Marshall, UAB, and Louisiana Tech. I think that's a bit of a stretch. I mean, like, I could see us losing three of those, maybe, but I can't see us losing all four, especially with several, several of those games being at the Rock. And Louisiana Tech has had a tough time with us the past couple, I mean, Pretty much their entire existence, but definitely the past three seasons when they thought they were something yeah. better, better than. No, the yeah, I definitely so. don't want to jinx it, but just just real quick, like while we were talking, this is just straight off the top of just just right now. But Jackson State W, Monroe W, Appalachian State I don't know, Rice W, Auburn probably a loss, especially there. North Texas I don't know, UTSA I don't know, Charlotte W, Marshall I don't know, UAB I don't know because they're UAB. And I went ahead and put Louisiana Tech and UTEP as W's, so that's one, two, three, four, five. That's six right there. Six, and then one, two, three, four, five. I don't know. Um, yeah. And I don't think I'm going to be just terribly wrong. That ca- well, that casts a pretty wide net. Yeah. I mean, you could be any <laughs> anywhere from eleven to one to six and six with that. So. I, uh, yeah. I, I I don't know what my official prediction is going to be. Um. We, we, we kind of need to, 
we need now we need to see how camp plays out. There's a lot that we still don't know about this team. Right. Let's go through the positions and kind of talk about um, a couple of notes and a couple of just thoughts on these positions. Quarterback position, um, Jay Hobson says, and I quote, we are blessed at the quarterback position. We have depth at the quarterback position, and the best man's going to win it. It's going to be a four-man battle. Obviously, last year's starter, Quadre Griggs, is back. He's healthy. And one of the things that qu- cracked me up about Quadre they did a Q&A with two of the players, Quadre and Tez Parks, the running back. And um, Cox asked them, you know, questions about the offense. And Quadre said, we're going to be explosive, expect a lot of points, 50 to 60 every game. And he goes back to Tez. And Tez is like, first game, we're going to put up 70. And Quadre is like, I said 60. <laughs> and Tez is like, we're going to add to that, make it 70. So they were obviously joking and playing around. It was it was fun to see him do that. But uh Definitely a lot of personality out of those two. But Quadre seems confident. He seems healthy. But he's got some guys with some uh, tremendous quarterback abilities. Jack Abraham, um, transfer in, originally started at Louisiana Tech. Dandy Dozen quarterback out of Oxford. He's going to he's gonna be probably the most likely challenger. And then you have Marcelo Rodriguez, who we, we've heard great things about him in practice and his natural abilities. He just needs to learn a little bit more about the um, the feel for the college game. And then there's a, a true freshman of Lakeland, Florida. He was injured, I believe, last season, Tate Whiteley. They say he may be the best athlete <laughs> at the quarterback position right now for us. So definitely the future looks bright, as long as these guys don't transfer out. <laughs> but I think it's going to be a battle come august to see who takes the snap first snap under center come september 1st i was looking at uh at abraham's numbers from uh his last year at northwest community college uh right at 3000 yards uh 23 touchdowns eight interceptions and a 63.5% completion percentage um i don't know what you like the best out of that but i like the the, the 63.5 um a lot. Uh, granted, it's at the junior college level, um, but you're completing passes, you're completing passes. So, I don't know, man. I, 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 I honestly would probably give the nod to, I mean, depending on health. I know that he was hurt for a while, he was hobbling around. I don't know how he looked at that thing in Jackson, but, um, I'd give the, I'd give the nod to, to Griggs, or I'd give the advantage to Griggs at least going into this year, uh, this season. And right behind him, I think Jack, and then you got Marcelo. Is that how you would go with it? Yeah, that's how I would go with it right now. And I think that I think yeah. that, and you're gonna need a couple of them, at least through the year. Absolutely. And they they said that this was a, you know, it's a wide open competition. And I believe that to be true, but I think Quadre is probably the man to beat at this point. I mean, to get that position away from him, you're gonna have to beat him uh, with his experience, being a senior with, and he he. He had some issues last year. A lot of them can be attributed to injuries, but he had some games where he was very solid. I mean, he didn't turn the ball over very much. Mm, Sixteen uh, touchdowns, two picks. He didn't. And but that being said, he didn't have the best completion percentage. And I think the coach and staff said that's something that's going to have to improve this year for whoever the quarterback is. You know, I say under center, but in the shotgun, whatever. I wonder. I wonder how much the departure of Corey Robertson is going to play into his comfort level. Um, it was well documented that those two grew up playing together. And I, I think a lot of times, without knowing exactly what play was called or anything, um, 
but he just kind of chunked it up to Corey. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, uh, which is not a bad thing. It's like back. I mean, I'd have thrown it to him every play, <laughs> but, right. uh, you know, he, he's got some, he's got some serious weapons. Um, all these young kids that were motoring around last year. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I just wonder how much that's, if he is just, if he's going to have to embrace the offense even more. Um, if he can keep that touchdown to interception percentage where it is, you know, let's roll. Um, but I just wonder how much of that maybe was just uh, had to do a lot with 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 Corey, honestly. One of the things Hobson said about the wide receiver core is he said we're fast, we don't have the depth, but but the speed at receiver is outstanding, and I think that's going to kind of be the mo for the squad this year, you know. Depth is going to be a problem. We had some academic casualties that are going to keep a uh, couple of guys out. Bubba Flood, uh, one of which to be example. Um, but Quez Watkins showed last year that he has the potential to be the guy. Mm, home run threat. Home run threat. You got DeMichael Harris, who I'd like to see him race T-Rod. He may be the fastest player on the team, but I'm sure T-Rod has something to say about that. But you saw the if you saw on Twitter, there was a video of him where he sent – you know, they have the little – the little machine that shoots up the footballs. Right. I, and he, he shot the machine off. He shot the football out. He ran down the field and caught it. Like, uh, like, like, like at the 40. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, just, it was unbelievable. So he's a burner. I'm curious to see Neil McLaurin, the former quarterback, um, play last year at Southwest Mississippi. They say if he's got some tremendous ball skills, had some injuries at the end of the year last year. Um, but I think he should be good to go. He's a guy that I'm really looking forward to checking out. Jalon Adams is back, you know, so there's some guys out here that it's going to be really interesting to see how these guys fit in. We've got some speed. Tim Jones is back. Oh, there he is. Okay. This whole time I've been thinking about, so who's the kid from Biloxi? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. he looked like a superstar as well. You know, the, the few times that he got in last year, um, I, I remember he had a couple of really long plays. As far as running backs go, Hop said that may be one of our most talented positions on the football field. He said it's the deepest that he's seen it at that position in the nine years he's been at Southern Miss. And Ito is irreplaceable, but you can replace that production. I think we're going to do that via committee. Probably the most likely candidates for the starting role uh, at this point would be Tez Parks as well as George Payne. And then you've got T-Rod to Roderick Daniels, who apparently has approved his game in the offseason, seems a little more savvy with what he's doing, lightning quick. So if he can find his niche in the offense, he could be extremely dangerous. Then you've got, I'm really excited about checking out Steven Anderson, right. the converted quarterback. They say he's just bowling over people. He's he's you know one of the biggest backs, one of the most efficient backs that we've we've had back there uh far short yardage goes. They have him listed on the roster at 62242. So we will see how that holds up. Then you've got Darius Mayberry who they say should be ready to go coming off an ACL injury. I'll be curious to see how that's going to look, but really excited for him. I heard some good things out of practice on him last season. And then you got the true freshman, Travinsky Mosley out of Shreveport. He's a guy the coaching staff is really excited about. 5'11, 195 pounds. He's a guy that they expect to contribute. Um, hopefully they can redshirt him with all the depth we have at running back. But if not, that means he's definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with on the football field this year. 
So I'm looking at Edo's stats from last year. Um, ran for 1,483 yards. Totally irreplaceable, like you said, but by, by one guy. But um, I feel pretty solid about two, if not three guys, you know, in that maybe not right at a thousand. Like, what do you think? Three guys? Do you think it's possible to have three guys over 600 yards? Absolutely. I think, I think one of these guys could rush for a thousand. I, yeah. I mean, Ito's just a special talent. I mean, he's, you know, somebody like him doesn't come along very often. You know, you have a Damian Fletcher, maybe a Derek Nix. He's a special talent and, you know, it's, it's very hard to find talent like that sometimes. Now we got to watch him play the Saints every year. Oh, I know. <laughs> hey, speaking of which, there was an article where somebody interviewed Judge Lance Ito, who is now aware of Ito and is pulling for him. And I was like, well, if you want, if you're an NFL running back, that's one person you want to have in your corner. Yes, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Oh goodness. That's a good one. That's great. At the, um, also at the Jackson all-star party, they had some of the linemen in attendance and they were looking pretty stout, particularly, uh, Drake Dorbeck, you know, coming off injury last year. Um, Coach Hop said this is going to be a group that's talented, but they're also fairly young. They're going to be fun to watch this year and the next two to three years to come. Um, you got a lot of guys coming back, all young guys, and you have a true freshman in Trace Clopton that is expected to be the starting center as a true freshman. That scares me to death. I don't know about you, but it, it's uh, – man. Well, you know, honestly, Dorbeck last year starting kind of scared me for a little bit, and then I saw him play, and it didn't scare me anymore. <laughs> Heck, I think he played a few games with a broken hand. What well, one thing you got to remember about Trace is he was a mid-year transfer, so it's not like he's just getting thrown in as a true freshman. He's he spent some time with the team in the weight room. They have him listed at six two two ninety. That's probably as heavy as any of the centers we've had the past few years. Um, I know that didn't necessarily translate to nimble feet, but. Uh, being a freshman like that and winning the respect of the coaching staff, there's got to be something special about yeah. this kid. No, you're right. You're right. Um, it's still a little scary. It's still last year, even though he transferred last year, he was still playing against high school kids at Brookhaven High School, right? Now he's playing against uh, Division One athletes, and and it's just this, you know, it's, that that that. I, and I think athletes will tell you this too. The the. Um, the ability that you uh, are, you progress from year one as a freshman to year two as a sophomore, um, it's, it's night and day. Like you think you're the best in the world, then you kind of like hit the wall because um, everybody is at least as good as you, and then that next year you get better. So I hope he can hang in there this year, and I hope he just proves me completely wrong. Uh, but it's 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 a tall task, man. Especially at that center position, it's not just it's it's more. Um, you got to know the right calls. You got to um, you know, there's there's a lot that goes into it, and I sure hope that you know he does it for four straight years. Um, and they're going to be good this year, but next year they're going to be incredible. So. Uh, it, it, well, I think, yeah, well, and, and another great thing is all those running backs we just talked about. That can help out the offensive line as well. Um, you know, not knowing where these running backs are going to go, I and mean, hopefully Shannon Dawson, you know, finds a way to use everybody that has talent in the backfield this year, and um, and that'll help out the offensive line as well. 
Speaking of uh, tight end position slash H back, Jay Sean Washington back. I think they fully expect him to to contribute this year. He's, he's battled some injuries throughout his career, but definitely a home run threat as we saw in his first game against Mississippi State a couple of years ago. Uh, Coach Hobson also spoke very highly of Ray Ladner, a walk on tight end uh, from the kill down on the coast, Hancock High School. Um, he, he walked on tight end. Coach Hop said he will be on scholarship come August 1st. So I'd heard some things about the practice reports about this kid, and Hop apparently thinks very highly of him. So he's another guy to watch out for at the tight end position. And if I'm not mistaken, I think that Freddie Hartz, the um, commit that we got a couple of years ago from Morton, is, is healthy and on campus, and I think they converted him to tight end as well. So what's we'll the deal with that? that he out. was a hugely popular four four star linebacker, right? We well, I think the answer lies in the depth we have on the other side of the ball. Defensive line, Hop said that will be the strength of our football team. A lot of depth and a lot of talent. And you look at some of these guys. And I, I love I, it. I mean you talk Derry Yancey and his uh pet dragon Jeffrey. You know, he's going to be up there front. Delman Landry, who I think he lost some excess weight and kind of tightened up, but he's still, you know, 300-plus. Nucci Harris, who's had a great career here. Uh, then Paxton Scrimpture, um, you know, Shrimp you see him out there. Jaquez Turner. Andrew Cole, heard great things about him as a, as a freshman last year. Now he's a redshirt freshman. Uh, going to be interesting to see how he plays. Demario Smith's another guy. Uh, Alan Fails, the senior, a great story mm-hmm. with him. Uh, Nick Dawson, uh, the recruit. Is he on campus? Um, I don't know if he's on campus yet. I think, I think they expect him to be. And then Taj Sykes, another, for, for, so I mean, you look at all those guys and you're like, my goodness, that is, and then, uh, Deontra Hyman from, uh, Meridian. Sure. I don't think he's on campus yet. I don't, I'm not sure if he is or not. I haven't had it up there, but I mean, he was a, uh, originally, I believe, what a, was he a old Miss signee commit? Right. And flipped. So that's a lot of depth up front. And there's a lot of guys that, you know, you got some older guys, but you got some younger guys that it, it's kind of some guys that I've been wanting to see. We're going to get to see them this year. And I think third year in the hops defense, um, this is a defense that could be nasty. Who is the defensive coordinator now? It is a joint uh, duty right now. You kind of have co-defensive coordinators. I know it's Hobson, basically, but well, well I, like, like kind of who, like, 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 I don't foresee Pecoraro leaving really affecting us at all. Well, it's it's like an offensive co- coordinator under Munkin or Fedora. Yeah, I mean it's you know, but Tim Billings is a guy that Hobson has known for a very long time. And Derek Nicholson is the co-defensive coordinator. So you got both of those guys. You know, I remember we had co-defensive coordinators back in 2011, and that worked out pretty well for us. So I'm hoping with their different lines of sights onto the field, they can make it happen. That was Dan Dish, and who was the other guy? Dave Duggan. Oh, yeah. That's right. Okay. Yeah, man. And, you know, these these projections that I've seen of us – Coming in fourth uh, in our division, that's just ludicrous, you know. I, you know, I, I hope so. I, yeah. I, I think, I think, I think those projections are 
just kind of creation of, of what we lost and what they think we have coming back. I don't think that the media or the people that vote on those things fully understand some of the talent that's going to be coming up. It's young talent. Uh, I think that's the reason for it. I mean, you got North Texas has a lot coming back. I think that's why they're projected to win that division. And then UAB has a lot coming back. So, you know, you throw in Louisiana Tech and we're for, there we are projected to be fourth place. You going into, uh, you going to that UAB game this year? I might have to. Yeah. The last one I went to was that, was that 2011 year? It's a bad well, night. It was a, that was bad, a bad, bad night. Bad night on a Thursday. Season. About nine degrees. Bad we, we, night. We owe them. I don't know if we need to get Todd Munkin to come out and give a pep talk like he did last time we played up there. <laughs> but, uh, was that yeah, the Street yeah. Buster? Yeah, that was, that was yeah. the Street Buster. We lit him up. Yeah. It's the first time we got to see a real Todd Munkin offense. Who's your uh, Who's your favorite player this year? Oh, gee, dude, I haven't finished breaking down the defense yet. I know, but I'm uh, I'm, I'm I want to I want to tell you mine. Well, just tell me yours. Shrimpster. You know, his grandmother got mad about that. Yes, I don't know if you saw that. What? Not at you, but I think there was a clip where Hobson had, not Hobson, they were playing something that John Cox, it was like a highlight of Paxton, and his grandmother came in. Let me find her tweet. But I was cracking up. His grandmother's on Twitter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. She follows to the top talk. Shout out to Gloria. She said, this is what she said, Please, his name is pronounced like school, not shrimp. Oh. Scrimpture. Love, Mamaw. So, Mamaw Camden, shout out to you and the other Scrimpture family. Yeah, I realize that it doesn't say shrimp, but I'm calling him the Shrimpster. Well, I think Cox said shrimp, and I think that's why she was upset. So, um, the linebacker group, Hobson kind of, um, he talked about this group, said it's going to be a special group. It's going to be a tough battle to find out who the two starters are. Uh, certainly you have to think that Rakeem Booth will be one of those starters. Then you've got, you know, Sherrod Ruff coming back, I think after a redshirt year. Jeremy Sangster, who's, who's been fun to watch throughout his career. And then Tyree Evans out of last chance, you at East Mississippi. He's another guy that's very intense, a very hard worker that, that should definitely uh, contribute this year as well. So you got you got some depth there at, at the linebacker position, and you know Raheem Booth looks to be like the next one of those guys who's going to be a Southern Miss linebacker. Yep, sure looked apart. Um, sure looked apart last year. And what is he? Is he a, just a sophomore this year? Yeah, a redshirt sophomore. Yeah, that's redshirt correct. sophomore. Okay, man, that's uh, that's something to look forward to. And yeah, he definitely looks the part. Um, Along with Shrimpster. The defensive backs, you know, Hobson spoke about how young they were in the depth, but he says that uh, this bunch reminds him of some of the guys he used to coach back in the day, Etrick Pruitt, Greg Brooks. Not your guys that were flashy, but they went out there and got the job done. He also said that uh, Kyle Hemby, uh, that I talked about earlier in the show, was the best JUCO safety in America. Hmm. So some of the guys you got back there right now, you think about the safety position, the the um, spur position. You got Picasso back after redshirting last year after a torn Achilles. Uh, Kyle Hemby that we talked about. Uh, Wydell Flight, Xavier Marion. You got some guys back there that can play. Then you got you know Tyler Barnes uh, at cornerback. Rashawn Mitchell who who really came on strong last year. Um, Ernest Gunn, Travion Williams. 
also from Last Chance U, Ty Williams, Chris Reed, Curry Ben, Lamar Davis, Trey Davis, as he's called. You got some guys there with some size. It looks like Hobson has kind of recruited some size in that secondary, kind of how the game's going. So we lost a lot last year. We got a lot of good young talent, and how they developed could go a long way in how this season progresses. Definitely one of the biggest question marks going into this year. But the good thing is a lot of them got on the field last year. Another good thing is that they got to watch guys like Tarverius and Cornell. Um, and then maybe the best part of it is Picasso coming back. You know, with all this youth and all this inexperience, maybe not even youth, but just straight up inexperience in the, in the secondary at the D1 level, uh, you got a guy like Picasso. Um, just kind of as the steadying force back there. So I think that that's going to be invaluable. Parker Seanfield returning as the kicker. I think he's all-conference selection in the preseason. So um, then you get got a girth of uh, a punter prospects. you get Briggs Bourgeois back there. you got uh, Everett. Then you got a, a lot of guys, I'm sure, that will be back there trying to return punts and kicks. So it's going to be interesting to see how this spring – um, excuse me, how this fall camp slash summer camp plays out and how these position, position battles shake up. But, dude, I think we've been on the phone a long, a long enough time, so <laughs> let's shut it down. Special thanks to all you guys for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at to the top Talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington. You can follow Jason at Bumper J Bailey. Uh, Facebook as well. Website, jamiearrington.net slash to the top talk. You can find all the links to the different platforms you can listen to the show on, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe. Give us a rating and review. Be sure you tell your friends. Upcoming comedy shows, like I mentioned, August the 1st, Wednesday, the third annual Last for Life. Headliner this year, Mississippi's own Tig Notaro. Go watch her special on Netflix if you're curious about what you're going to see in Hattiesburg. Also, Nate Bargatze. Uh, one of one of our personal favorites, great guy. You can watch him on Netflix as well. He was just on the Tonight Show a couple of weeks ago, so that's going to be an amazing show. I think we've already raised about one hundred and seventy thousand for uh, awesome. cancer and cancer research this year. So an- another record year for Last for Life. Shout out to Kent Oliver on that. Then the next comedy show that uh, we announced. If anybody has watched the show Baskets on FX. We've got Martha Kelly on Saturday, August the 26th at the Thirsty Hippo. Going to be a 7 p.m. start for that one. It is a Sunday. It's right before football season starts. That's the only reason I booked it. (laughs) It's because it was before football season. But I really love her on that show, and I think she's hilarious. So that's going to be a fun show at the Thirsty Hippo. So summer camp's about to kick off very soon. We've got an interview lined up with John Gilbert in the next few weeks. We're going to have Southern Miss Pro Day. The schedule may be a little wacky until we get through that little mix. I mean, we're still going to try to do an episode every week, but it may not yeah, be Southern Miss the same Pro Day? Week. Southern Miss? Uh, Media Day. Media Day. I, it, yeah. I'm, we've been talking for a while. I don't know. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Media Day is coming up. We always have a great episode after Media Day. Always great to see what these players look like. So it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of anticipation for the season. I know we're focused, motivated, ready to go. We've been already making tailgating plans. Dude, you got any final thoughts before we call it a night? Nah, man, to the top. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. And as always, Southern Miss to the top.